Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. All right, so let's 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 throw this on, eh? Okay, doke. All right. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, as usual, here she is, the absolutely fantastic Jojo. Hello, Jojo. Howdy-do, Graham. <laughs> How do you do to you, young madam? How do you do to you? <laughs> <laughs> How was your week, Jojo? It's, it was all right. It was was all right. I? It was all right. Yeah. I've had I've had better weeks. I've had worse weeks, but you know. Yeah, I'm, he- we, I'm here. <laughs> we, we, we takes the weeks that we get right in the yes. way they come, right? Yes, you just so. gotta ro- roll with the punches and. <laughs> Cheers to that! I don't want to show the brand because yeah, I'll, oh, you know. let's see. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right, so today we are happy to be talking about a series that I seriously don't know why I haven't seen more people talk about this series. I I know. I like I, I think it's sort of popular. Like I think people are watching it but not talking about it. So I don't <laughs> That's that's the thing because I think it, it it it's it's at least top three, isn't it? I think I think so. Yeah, but I I've not seen anybody or heard anybody discuss it, and I don't know if there people are like embarrassed to talk about it or don't know how to bring it up or like I I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, I don't and, know. And, and and here's the thing: it is also possible that a lot of people are staying away from it because if you don't know that it's dubbed up in English, you start watching it in Korean. Yes. And I think we should go ahead and say, we are talking about Squid Game, the K-drama. Yes. I think by far the most popular K-drama that Netflix has come up with. I think so, yeah. You know, so so this is what we are going to do. Because to be honest with you, I don't know that I was going to fall for this show. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and watch an episode because what the hell is Squid Game? You know? Yeah. yeah. And when I read the synopsis about it, I'm like, well, this has been done before. This is another survival type of series, yes. isn't it? Hunger Games, The Greatest Game. I'm trying to remember the other one. Battle Royale. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all of a sudden, I start watching these and like, yo, first game on. And I'm like, well, so... That's it? Damn. Really? So that's how you get eliminated. Okay, I'm going to watch this shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to watch this, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know? So yeah. so this is how we kind of got caught on this squid game. And we are going to be happy to talk about it, Jojo? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, Jojo... This one is hard to talk about. I this one is hard. To, it's just hard to come up with a synopsis of my <laughs> Chihuahua. So it's 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 about a group of 
people who are at a very desperate part of their lives. They all owe quite a bit of money to somebody, whether legitimately or illegitimately. And they are approached by a mysterious benefactor, if you will, who offers them a place in a game. And if they accept it, they they call this number and uh, they get whisked away to this thing. And none of them have any clue what it is or what's going on, other than if they win the game, they get a huge cash prize. It'll wipe out all their debts and they'll be happy and joyful for the rest of their lives. And it is kind of like Battle Royale or Hunger Games or some of the other survival things that you've seen in that or the the greatest game in that it is actually a rigged setup. I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying that. A rigged setup for rich people to watch poor people and uh, kind of like a, a psychological study on what people will do out of desperation, I think, as well as a, a power trip for the uh, the VIPs who are watching the Squid Game. So uh, lots of drama unfolds. There's uh, lots of partnerships and, uh, you know, we follow one character pretty much, but we also follow the story of other characters that he interacts with. And the ending is, is, is wild. The whole show is wackadoo, but in a good way. It's bonkers. Incredibly violent, incredibly bloody. Take all of the warnings seriously that come up with the first first episode and all the episodes. But so not with the kitties, unless you're raising a particular kind of kitty. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it's it's it's. I hate to say it's good fun because it's sort of horrible. <laughs> It, it, I mean, it's it's a horrible premise. It's 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 the like the most disgusting parts of human nature. But the show is very watchable. It's very entertaining. Yes, it's it's probably humanity's favorite kind of train wreck, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> because you know what you're watching is disgraceful, is horrible. It, but it's sort of like watching. I don't know the Kardashians a bit more embarrassing than that, if you will, in the sense that yeah. you you should feel like a, a horrible human being for enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, which maybe that's why nobody's talking about it, because people are like, crap, if I tell somebody at work that I like the squid game, they're going to be like, what is wrong <laughs> what with you? <laughs> is your problem, dude? <laughs> Whereas I think most people are going to be like, yeah, I watched it too, and I really enjoyed it. Can we talk about it? Like, at lunch break or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and this is where we come in. Like, why are we talking about this? Well, yeah. because we kind of did enjoy it, innit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say like it's high cinema or you know like the most wonderful Earth. It's it's not an I may destroy you. It's not it's not any show that I think we're gonna be talking about for much longer than than this series, but. It is very, very enjoyable. I understand why it is popular on Netflix, and I also understand why people aren't talking about it. But I think we should talk about it because it's 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 totally bonkers, and I think it's fun that we, you know, are all like collectively ashamed of having watched it. But not like not like what was that show that was at the beginning of the pandemic, the Tiger King. Tiger King, yeah. Because everybody everybody talked about Tiger King, right? You know, like everybody nobody seemed to be ashamed to be watching that. But this one this one is is a, a guilty pleasure that I, I think we should all all share. Right. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about this show in in comparison to other shows that are similar and and why this show is 
is unique in its own way mm-hmm. because, as we've said, this has been done before. This is not new survival series or survive, survival movies are, have been done. Now, what makes the, the for me, there are two reasons why this show is unique. Number one is the fact that it deals in in the real present world as opposed to most survivalist movie where everything mostly takes place either in a utopian or in a post-apocalyptic world. Isn't that right, yes. Georgia? Yes, that's that's completely that's, right. That's yep. basically the theme in almost all of these movies or series that deal with survivalism is 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 that is the fact that well the world went bonkers and you know those who have the most are now in charge and now they're playing whatever they feel like playing with the poor people. This is not the case at all in this one. This one is real now and then. And these people, and I feel like there is a social context as a matter of indictment to the system in the sense that this talks about how in most developed countries, as in, in poor countries, when poor people disappear for days in and days out, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Only their loved ones. In that, in that context, anything could be happening to these people. Anything yeah. could be happening to these people. And what? You're going to go report to the police. They have their own little protocol. Like, you have to wait 72 hours. You have to wait 48 hours. And then we're going to search. And we are going to make conjectures as to what happened. Maybe they're run away. Maybe they're just, you know. So there's a lot of shit happening as opposed to, you know, if you name is Gabby Petito and you are a white woman from the United States. So, so, and I'm terribly sorry to bring up this tragedy because it is a tragedy, but it also reflects upon what we are talking about this week in the United States, the disparity between when people who don't matter much, who don't have the wherewithal to matter much, disappear, versus when the people who 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 have somebody looking for them that can make some noise disappears. And so yeah. th- this is one of the things that I see in this series. The other thing I see in this series that I actually loved is that it is uniquely Korean. This guy decided to create a series that, again, wasn't reflecting something that we couldn't relate to, but at the same time, something that his country could be proud of as a product. Isn't that, isn't that right? Do, do you not see that there? Too, yeah. Georgia? yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, obviously, I don't know anything about his contract with Netflix or whatever, but Netflix could have been like, no, you're, you're going to set this in the Midwest and we're just going to translate your work or whatever, you know? So I, it, it is definitely, as you said, very Korean and very, uh, has to deal with the Korean people's struggles, the Korean people's culture. And is something that's universal. I think it translates very well. And I, I don't think it's anything that you're going to be going like, I don't understand I don't this at all right. because it's right. Because it's foreign, but at the same time, also, under, you know, kind of broadening your mind a little bit to be like, Oh, people in Korea do have the 
same kind of problems that we have, or, you know, you know, they, they owe a lot of money and to, uh, to people and that kind of thing. I know like there's in the background of one of the, uh, one of the scenes where there is like a newscaster talking about the, the gross national debt and how much it's gone up over a certain amount of time and that kind of thing. And I have no problem, you know, I'm sure that's quite true. And I, I think it's kind of a way to put an idea on the plight of the, the, the normal, if you will, or the, the general populace of Korea and other areas that are like, yeah, you know, I can have things, but I'm going to have to go in debt that I'm never going to pay off that my children are going to be paying for the rest of, you know, their lives just for me to have gotten a house or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, this show, this particular series touches just on, on so many different social aspects while it's not being preachy about things, but it's presenting what our realities could lead us to. Mm-hmm. And, and you are absolutely right in the sense that it, it also shows you that whatever you're going through in your developed country, other people are going through it too. I mean, look at the yeah. level of inflation. For instance, when they talk about money, like 10,001 is like, I don't know, the equivalent of of maybe twenty dollars or something like they talk about millions like like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, there was there was one guy in the crowd I think that owed over a billion dollars <laughs> to somebody for something. I you know, and it, not like you know, our, our protagonist is is a game as a gambler, and so he owes money to bad guys. Right. But not everybody that's there is in that particular situation. I mean, some of them made very poor decisions in terms of embezzlement and that kind of right. thing. But I also think that's kind of a social commentary on the fact of I have to embezzle something to be able to feed my family, yeah. you know, or I have to play the horses with some very bad people to try to get my daughter a birthday present, you know, that kind exactly. of thing. So I, I think there's a bit of social commentary with that too. But again, not everybody playing the game is there for nefarious reasons or whatever. They just got in debt and it got out of hand, and which is very easy to do. We're all <laughs> like two paychecks away from that happening. <laughs> and like you can, you could, and like Jojo, you could, you could think about it also in the same way that, we are sort of like in that kind of situation, but but in a different on a different level. And and let me further explain what I mean by that to the audience. Like what these people went through, what these people experienced is is the sense of this is a false democracy. And in our everyday jobs, the the, the job market in the United States is kind of similar to that. In the sense that, okay, we ask you to do this, but you clearly are not under any obligation to to do what you don't want to do. So therefore, the doors are right there. You can live whenever you want. We're not forcing you. But they do that clearly knowing that you you can't afford to just live. Right. <laughs> and if you do, right. and if you do live, then there's always gonna be someone else. Oh, yeah. And and that is the this is the justification. This is what I think the VIPs, the inventors of the game, the moderators of the game use as a justification to I don't know to sleep better at night or whatever. Like, I mean, they really come on on their own accord 
But at the same time, it's not like they're giving you so many options that are truthful, that are real. It's just that now that you're here, you might as well do what it would say because shit is worse out there. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you could say that at some point they're under false pretenses because of the whole elimination and what that actually means. But at the same time, you know, I think the the first game, the red light, green light, really kind of illustrated the fact that if you put somebody through something horrible or traumatic, they're going to get down to the point where it's, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to survive because that's what I have to do. And I think on a broader scale, you could sort of equate that to working in the sense of, you know, we've all had jobs where we go out and cry in the car and then we go back in and we finish the rest of the shift. Like, you know, like we have to, and I'm, (laughs) I'm not equating that to people being eliminated, but in the same, but you know, like it's, it's kind of the same sort of like, I don't know, mental trauma in the sense of we're all being forced to do something that we really, really don't want to do because we have to. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. <laughs> it's a, que- a question of those who can take advantage of our uh, yes. will to to just survive. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Exactly. Thank you. You put it in words for me. <laughs> hey, uh, at least once in a lifetime, I have to I have to be able to do that. You do that for me every show, basically. (laughs) So let's talk about the director and the creator of the show. His name is Dong Yuk Hwan, or as Koreans would call, will will start by the last name in most Asian cultures, uh, last, you know, family name goes first. So he would be Hwang Dong Yuk. And a lot of questions have been asked as to how did he come up with this show? How did he come up with this series? And most people started to to speculate whether it was some kind of anime or manga or this or that, or, or based on a comic book. And the short answer is no, he didn't, he didn't base, this wasn't based on a comic book, but he did take inspirations on several different type of stories that by reading a lot of comics, right? So, so while it's not, you know, based on a comic book, it's like he takes elements from stories in comic book and create created his own story. And exactly what he wanted to do, it was like, okay, I know that the survival trope is a not dated, but a, a quite used one. So let me then create something that Koreans can be proud of, but also the rest of the world can relate to. And I think this is where, for me, his genius is, okay, well, what, what's being missing? What's been the element that everybody seemed to use when creating this type of show? It's always post-apocalyptic. So how do we adapt this to today's world? Is this something that could take place today? And the crazy thing is, Jojo, none of it is improbable, isn't it? No, no, it really isn't. That I think that is part of the reason that makes it sort of bonkers and wackadoo is the fact that this 
could actually be happening. There are more billionaires in the world than there ever have been before. And I have no problem with believing that most of them are psychopaths and sociopaths because lots of people who make it in business big are. And um, quite a few of them are not spending their money on any sort of charitable causes. So why not? I mean, I'm not trying to get conspiracy theory or weird or anything like that. I'm just saying that at some point, this is certainly something that could happen. I mean, we could even swing into the whole Epstein thing and and human trafficking. And that was, you know, that was a sexual thing that was happening. But at the same time, that's horrific trauma and terrible things that are being happened that are happening to people that are poor, disadvantaged, who do don't really want to be doing this, but don't know of any way out. Yeah. And that happens in every world. You mentioned Epstein as the bigger and larger, if you will, most famous example in the circle that he had around him, right? Like, I mean, come on, royalty is included in that. Yes. But if you also look at, you know, in the black world, for instance, R. Kelly, you know, these kind of things. And that in in itself is a survival game, isn't it? I mean, yes, yes. You know, most of what you hear from the victims is that, well, I was promised that something about career, something about future and things like that. And, And I generally thought that I was being helped that there was something in it for me. And and boom, here's what I found myself into. And this is where the deceit comes, Jojo, as you said, because like you said, no one explained elimination in its most literal way. Because I'm pretty sure that if you, from the very beginning, tell people, here's how elimination works, <laughs> people will be like... I need this money, but fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. I'm out. out. Seriously, I'm out. But once you find yourself in that situation, this is when survivalism kicks in. Like, yeah, well, I'm already here. So this is just a question of trying to make it. Yes. Right? Yes. I'm just going to try to get through this and hopefully I can get home. Or, you know, hopefully I'll win it or whatever. But, you know, let's 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 just get through it because obviously there's no other option. Yeah, yeah. There are some holes in this story also that, you know, I hope... The, the, the series was started to film in 2019. So, so it took about two years to do all nine episodes, you know, between doing... Between the doing part and editing and the whole thing and putting it out there as a product. But I, from all of my research, I think we can expect at least a second season. I'm thinking so too. From the ending, they kind of gave us an ability to have a second season. And I I think that with the popularity of it and uh, the, the good, reviews of it i think that you know netflix will probably swing for spring for another season yes and there are some questions to be asked and there are some questions i think they did a great job at giving you a slight bit insight into almost everybody's background stories but in a very uh, light way yes and i think we could go a bit further in yes 
Agreed. Agreed. And I, I think that that, that could be, uh, you know, a theme that they would take up in another series, you know, and there's, there's a few people that maybe aren't dead because right. Right. <laughs> they've sprung that one on us too. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. so we'll see. Not everybody who's dead is dead. Yeah. Not everybody who's dead is dead. Not everyone you saw dying actually died. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we're gonna leave it. We're gonna leave it for you here in that respect. So a, a couple of fun facts about this show that I like. <laughs> okay. So number one fun fact is that do you remember that card that people are given to, right? Yes. yes. So it just turns out that it happens to actually be somebody's phone number. <laughs> Oops. Somebody. <laughs> Oops. So what they did is this, right? Typically when you are going to even put a fake phone number on, on something that is, you know, televised or filmed, you tend to remove the first six digits. So you can either remove the first three digits and swap around or create a zero 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 type of thing in the midst of it, or you remove the first the the first six digits and just swap it for a one unit digit number. Well, they just remove the first three digits. So what happens is, if you remove the first three digits, the number is still able. <laughs> It's going to, like, the algorithm is created for it to actually ping on a phone number because it is, in fact, a phone number. Because remember, the first three digits are area code, right? Yeah. So if you are within a certain area code, there is a chance that you actually don't need the area code dialed (laughs) in order to get to an actual phone number. So there is a man who is identified as Mr. A, he has gotten so far at least 24,000 messages. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I'd be losing my mind. (laughs) He said, at first, I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. Like, what game? Like, what do you mean? Like, this is not... And so all of a sudden, he started telling his friends what's happening to him. And they're like, yeah, you just happen to have the same number that shows up on this show. And he looked at it and he's like, that's my number. And yeah, so he contacted the production company, which in turn made it aware to Netflix. And they're trying to fix the situation. I don't know if it's an edit or a reshoot or something. But the fact of the matter is, Mr. A right now is getting some phone calls, very weird ones out of that. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Man, he, he if he was an unscrupulous person, he could be making some money. <laughs> yes. And Just give me your name, your 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 social security number, your date of birth, and I will get you set up in the game. And your mother's last name, your mother's maiden name. Yes, yes. Here's a weird thing. I think there's a chance that either 
the production company in Netflix might be fined for this. Yeah, I was thinking. And the amount is about a few dozen million ones, which uh, translates to about 54,000 US dollars. Okay. And that's because, you know, basically it says that they should have known that this could be someone's number. The least that they could have done is dial the fucking number and figure out, hey, man, uh, sorry, we're wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's something that they could have easily... Somebody's lost their job over that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the cast of this. So we're going to talk about the cast because it's part of what we do. But there is not really much we know... Unless you are really into K-drama, you don't know these actors, but I suspect that they have gained a whole lot of recognition and they will be. You will know them once you see them next time somewhere else because uh, this cast is absolutely fantastic. There is no waste on this cast. What do you think? No, agreed. Agreed. They're they are great actors and they 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 are very, very good. And I I don't think I know any of them from anything, but that obviously means nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know that it seems like it one of those things that happens a lot in South Korea, as much as it is, it happens here and in the UK, is that the jump from model to actor is like is is just across of a bridge, isn't it? And at least two mm-hmm. or three of the actors in this cast are former models or currently models. Okay. So let's talk about. So we have Dion was played by Jung Jae Lee. He has he has quite a curriculum and he's a he, he's got a master's degree in theater and he has won some of South Korea's most prestigious awards. But he doesn't seem to have a huge movie curriculum from 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 what I can tell. He doesn't seem to have like he's a th- mostly a theater guy. He's been in a couple of movies here and there. And he's been nominated for some of the most prestigious awards in Korea for his appearance in movies. But a lot of people have more of a cinema pedigree than he has in this series. So that's our guy. His name, his last name is Lee and his first name are Jung Jai. Jung Jai, Jung Jai Lee. What do you think of him, Jojo? I I thought he was he was very very good. I thought he was like the scenes with with his daughter were very good, very very poignant and very uh, like. There's a scene where he he leaves his daughter with her mom and and she goes into the apartment building and you know he's smiling and waving and then once they're in the apartment building you just kind of watch him deflate. Yeah. But it's not like an over-exaggerated, you know, deflation. It's just you kind of see it happen, and it's like, yeah, 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 you, you, you know, that's 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 a feeling. And 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 going from you know, 
in the sense of being an, an addict, a gambling addict, and you know, the riding the highs of that, and then being able to be so charming with his daughter, yeah. and and her also trying to be like making him feel better, like when they were having some kind of cheap food that <laughs> I didn't recognize, but she, but she was like trying to make him feel better about it, like oh, mom will let me have this because she calls it junk food, right. um, and so I just. I, th- I thought that their their scenes together were very good, and, and I mean, of course, the rest of it. But those were some of the first scenes that I was like, "This guy, this guy's good." Yeah, I think he he was also very good at playing a guy that deep inside had some values that you could pull up. Yeah, but somewhere along the line, lost confidence in life, and you can tell that. The character is is someone who was always ready to put value in the lives of anybody else except his. Mm-hmm. And that is what he brought to life in this character. Someone who is capable of admiring everybody else, of praising and singing the glories of anyone else except believing in his own, in himself. Yeah. That is that was that was a, a, an absolutely great performance in that respect. The actress who played Sai Bay Kang, who was in this case a North Korean immigrant young woman, her name is Ho Young Jung or Jung Ho Young, and she is a model. She makes pretty much most of her living as a model. And uh, she's obviously been acting, but man, she's got a future in this one. Because this was a complicated yeah. little character that she played. Yes. And it was great. She was great. Yes. And I was rooting for her the entire time. Obviously, I suppose. Uh, as an as an immigrant, that's that's the first tendency. But she was young. She was trying always to do. It's an amazing thing because as young as she was, she had a moral compass mm-hmm. more than almost everybody in that in the game. And I think this is a beautiful thing because one of the ways that as people of, of, of an older generation would tend to patronize younger folks is by trying to pin them in a, in a bunch of people who don't care. And this kid cared. And this was a, a, a character that was created to show that, hey, man, young, young people, they hear everything, they see everything, and they are learning. They are observing they are taking notes, you know. So I liked, I liked where this young character went and, and everything about it. I think she was great. Yeah. I think she was great too. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite characters there was number 70. Her name was Jiha Lee. She too is a former model. And uh, she has been um, in, in many, many... You know, she's been acting for a while. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> she has been <laughs> acting for a while. But this character was the 
I, I feel like for me, it's like if she tells you she's going to do something, she she does it. <laughs> and if you want, you can ask that dude. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sue Jane. I mean, she told him, man, if you betray me, I'm going to kill your ass. (laughs) That was poetic and beautiful, George. It was. I was like, yo, she she ain't playing around. You know. (laughs) A lady of her word. But if anybody was a survivor in this show, in this entire story, it it was her. In the sense yeah. that, you know, when you are in a situation where you have to survive, loyalty is the last thing on your mind. And she wasn't having it. You know, she, her determination was, I have to make it out of here alive. So I'm going to part, I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to partner with whomever is convenient at the moment. So that was, that was the most complete character, if you will, here because her flaws were what was needed in the situation that she was. Isn't it? Yep. 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 She was she was fabulous. I loved her character and I loved her portrayal of it. Yes. Um there was a, a guy in this movie, in this series, who played he was he played a Pakistani character and I can't seem to find anything about him. His name was in the show. His name was Ali, but I I can't seem to find much about, about his character at all. No, it looks like the actor actor hasn't filled out his bio on IMDb. He hasn't been in a huge amount of things. And what, what, what's his name here? Um, Anupan Tripathi. Okay. I I like this character. You know, it's it's an amazing thing. Like I said, it, there was a lot of social compasses here, and two of them were two very different types of immigrants, right? You had a political immigrant to a certain extent, in the sense that she was a North Korean defector, and then you had the uh, Pakistani immigrant who you could say was almost willing to go onto a role of a subservient role, if you will, in order to survive. It's almost like I'm going to latch myself into some onto somebody who can protect me and yes. who can make me feel secure, right? Yes. And um, I, I I like this character, and, and and I think I think that was that was a good element here. There's there's not a lot about this show that, in terms of writing and directing, that I can I can really complain about. No, I think the big the biggest hole for me here is the story of the frontman. Yeah, yeah. How did he end up here? You know what I mean? Yeah. And how did he get so far? I I have more questions about the frontman than I have about Ilnam O or O Ilnam, the old dude. Because I think 
for the most part, the the old dude, although really in a in a displaced way, like in a non cohesive way, he told his story. Yes, and I believe him. Yes, I do too. You know, I do too. He 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 never tells you something that is continuous, right? Right. <laughs> he just gives you a bit here, a bit there, a bit here, a bit there, and you figure it out. But I I believe most of it. But I have to like I need I need closure <laughs> with the front man. <laughs> yeah. And we're not going to reveal what happens here, but I I I have to figure we have to figure it out. Yeah. Because that was weird. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It came to a point yeah. where I started to suspect what ended up happening here, right? But at the same time, I was like, no, this can't be right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. So the frontman whom whom we are talking about, I think he's the most veteran actor here. Uh, his name is Tom Choi, and uh, he has been he has done voices for the Mortal Kombat video games, and he's been on on several big movies. I yeah, think he's had parts in in series, TV series, Teen Wolf, Agent Carter, NCIS, you know, bit parts, yeah. but he's steady working. Yeah, my dude. Yeah. And he, he was perhaps the most recognizable face. As soon as he took, once he took off the mask, I'm like, oh, I know this face. I've, I've seen this guy. It's that guy. That's that guy from that place where that thing That happened. thing. <laughs> you know. He did the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Excellent show. Excellent show. And mm-hmm. as we said, Jojo, we have to figure out why more people aren't talking about it. <laughs> I think it's gonna ha- it's gonna be the thing where it's gonna be like, hey, have you seen Squid Game? And if they just look at your funny, you're like, oh, it's just a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> but- <laughs> the the other thing is I I don't know if it, if that was on purpose, but I think that in you probably will not know whether to agree with me or not in that respect, is there were a lot of Casa de Papel elements here. And I don't know if this was on purpose or this was a huge coincidence, but there was a predominance of red yeah. in there, right? Yeah, and there was. There were some... I know it was about survival, but there were some some scenes here that could bring back memories from Casa de Papel that I would well, money heist. <laughs> I would leave that to the audience to figure out. If you've watched Money Heist, then in fact, let us know if you if you see those those uh, similarities. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Also, in conclusion, Jojo, what do you think of this show? Where should we put it? What kind of uh, status should we give it? In what you've watched this year, uh, in the last, in this last nine months of the year twenty twenty one, where does this rank? I think I give it a solid three stars. Yeah. Solid three. Yeah. Yeah. This this. I'm thinking of the ways this show could be better. 
but as an introduction to Korean drama for Netflix. Again, yeah, three stars is, is, is perfectly fine. And the other thing is, I think this could become the bread and butter for Netflix. Is That's what I'm thinking too. Like they were kind of like putting their toes in the water or whatever that saying is and uh, seeing how it goes. And I think this could be opening the door to a whole lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Other cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this market is fantastic. And, and I think now a lot more people can say, I've watched a foreign language show, more than one foreign language show, and I've been hooked on it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about Lupin, if you think about Money Heist, if you think about this show particularly, uh, Squid Game, and there's a wide array of shows from different parts of the world that we've seen that we probably would have never been exposed to. And so, yeah. so uh, there are times that we get frustrated with Netflix and we're like, yeah, I'm going to cancel my my subscription. But then we discover, eh, you know what? Maybe we hang on to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like every so often they, they do some really boneheaded, stupid thing that's like, I, I hate you so much, but, you know. <laughs> they <laughs> do they the do stupid shit, stuff, man. <laughs> so they, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh, well. Right, so this is the moment for us to tell you that... Uh, you, one, if you like this podcast, we just stumbled on this podcast, you liked it, please go ahead and let us know that you did, right? Whatever it is the app that you listen to us on, just go ahead and leave us a review, okay? We would appreciate that. If you are on Apple Podcasts, do. But any app, you can leave us a review. If you don't have a way of leaving us a review on your app, you can go to kickinandstreamingpodcast.com, kickinandstreamingpodcast.com, and you can also write us a review there. Yep. Right? If you are watching us on Twitch or on YouTube, please subscribe for when we are, we post a new show. (laughs) You can certainly follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, Kicking and Streaming Podcast. No G- it's always kicking and streaming podcasts. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram as Mr. Potzetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. So once again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And this is the point where for me and for Jojo, right? Yeah. We're going to call it a day. Right, Jojo? That's right. Yes. Bye, everybody. Ciao, folks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.